Welcome back to another week of the JRM Sydney podcast. We hope as you listen into the word today that you will be inspired and empowered and that your eyes will be open to something new. God bless always. Church, good morning. Hey, hey. If you can see, it's a little bit of a different setup here. Thanks to my sponsors. <laughs> the table is good, uh, but I will be standing perhaps. Um, all right, so before I, I start our service, uh, I'd like to really continue to shout out for those of you who are joining us at home, not just here in Sydney, but in every place where you are from. Uh, I can see a lot of uh, people from the Philippines joining us and some uh, friends from uh, I think I saw one friend from London. So, uh, hello, guys. London is like a different timeline from us. So, uh, today I'm excited because it's a uh, it's new month. It's a new month. Everyone say to the person next to you, Happy New Month. <laughs> and uh, as, as, as normal in our church service, whenever it's a new month, it means it's a new series as well. And uh, for this one, I'm uh, pretty much hyped to really... Uh, share with every one of you uh, what we are going to um, dive in in this season. We have entitled this series, Episodes. Everyone say Episodes. Yeah, put on your comment section I have here uh, on my phone uh, to interact with you. The spelling is <laughs> E-P-I-S-T-L-E-S, Episodes. Now, it's just basically a more formal way of saying letters. Who here, uh, when was the last time you have received a letter? <laughs> oh, some people have received a letter um, recently. And when was the last time you made a letter? <laughs> now in our technological age nowadays, we now call it email, right? So we don't normally do uh, paper letters anymore. I do remember when the time when my dad was uh, overseas and we were in the Philippines, we used to get letters from my dad. And not just letters, but normally my mom would have us record on a cassette tape our voices and then we'll talk about, you know, what's going on in our lives, the toys that we want to have or whatever. And then we will send the cassette tape to my dad so that he will hear our voice. So some people do that nowadays. It's very easy. Yeah. Email is starting to become also obsolete <laughs> because we now have uh, yeah, voicemail and also, you know, FaceTime or Skype or Zoom and all that. It makes it, makes it easier. Thank God for technology for such a time as this. Amen? Thank God for technology for such a time as this. Now, by the way, before I continue, I just wanted to really uh, say my gratitude from the bottom of my heart and in behalf of my family. For those of you who have extended encouragements and prayers and support from my brother who is now at the operating room. So please continue to pray for my brother, uh, for him to... Uh, completely be healed and to recover the soonest possible time. So, really appreciate you all for uh, the concern and the messages you've sent in the past few days. In behalf of my family, again, thank you so much. All right, without much further 
I do. <laughs> Epistles, the letters to the church. Your Bible is composed of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, the, the New Testament is comprised of 27 books. By the way, I will request you, especially those who are at home, to take out your physical Bible. Your physical Bible po, if you can bring it out. And if you can take out a pen or a highlighter, that would be great because we are going to do some uh, highlighting and some underlining here as we go along in our message this morning. And today, I will be starting off with, uh, I'll introduce that later on, but I just wanted to introduce in general because what uh, we wanted to do is to encourage each and every one of us to uh, journey this month, uh, perhaps in the next two months, in reading together the episodes, and uh, most particularly the prison episodes that we uh, call when uh, Paul was in prison in Rome and he was writing to the churches and he was encouraging them. For this week and for this message that I'm going to share today, uh, I would like to call this message, In Christ, and then close parenthesis, <laughs> Uh, the letter to the Ephesians. So this week, I encourage you, each and every one of you, to read the letter of Ephesians. It's uh, six chapters. Now, the letters doesn't really have chapters and verses before. It's only until the 13th century that they've introduced and put some chapters and verses to aid in the study of the scriptures. But if you can uh, think about it, if you can remember the letter that you have received... Everyone, I'm, I'm sure everyone has received a letter, like a paper letter in one way or another in your lifetime. Tama ba? Is that correct? Everyone, yeah? So imagine receiving a, like a five, a four, three, three to five pages of letter. <laughs> Maybe that would be Alan Toquina, no? Three to five pages of letter explaining why. <laughs> All right. No. When you receive that letter, you don't read that letter. Okay, I'm going to read the first page today. And then I'm going to read the, the next page tomorrow. <laughs> and then the next page the next day, right? You read the letter in its fullness, right? And then when you read the letter, you don't kind of pick one line and then ignore the others, right? You wanted to get the full context and the flow of thought of the author of that letter that, uh, you know, he gave or he gave to you. Now, the letters in the New Testament, when it was written and then delivered to the churches or the community of faith were the recipients during that time, normally it was uh, written to be read aloud, to be, to be read to the public because most of the people in the first century cannot read. They cannot read. So there are only a few people who can read. And, like for example, Ephesians, as we know it right now in our present-day Bible, has six chapters. But, they read it not one chapter a day. <laughs> when the uh, messenger or the one who is carrying the letter comes to, for example, in Ephesus, to the Ephesians, he reads the letter from verse 1, chapter 1, the last verse of chapter 6, in one go. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's their worship service. <laughs> That's the preaching of the word. 
they read the letter in one go in public. Now, they don't have technology. They don't have any other means of entertainment or media during that time. That is their media. The letter is their media. And uh, when it is read, of course, they would have to talk about those things that has been written in the letters. But do you get the point? Do you get the point? Now, nowadays, we kind of read one part, you know, separated from the other parts. And that's because of the how our Bi modern Bibles has been structured. So I encourage you this week, if you can find a time to read Ephesians in one go, from chapter 1 to chapter 6, that would be great. Because you would be able to capture the full essence and the complete flow of thought of the author of this. So that's uh, basically Apostle Paul. Is that correct? If not, then you can do one chapter a day. <laughs> so that's six days for you. Okay, so let's go here. The letters, as I've said earlier, we have 27 books in the New Testament. And out of the 27 books in the New Testament, we have 21 letters. 21. So it's very important for us to know how to read these letters, right? And they have normally, con they normally have context. Paul wrote 13 of these letters. 13. And then uh, the brothers of Jesus, Jude and James, wrote one each. John wrote uh, three. And then Peter wrote two. All of these letters are purposed for edifying the church, encouraging the believers during that time, uh, correcting any mistakes or any errors that they might find themselves in, troubleshooting some church problems or relational issues during that time, and on the sideline, basically teaching them doctrine. Okay? So different letters has different specific uh, purposes to them. So, uh, as you open your Bible in Ephesians chapter 1 right now, I'd like to point out uh, somehow the similarity of format of these letters. They normally come with an opening. Uh, normally, they say the name of the uh, what do you call that? The, the, the writer of the letter. And then, it goes on to say who the letter is for. That's the recipient. And then normally there is a part there uh, we call salutation. Uh, for example, in Ephesians chapter 1, if you're going to look at your Bibles right now, it says there at the very beginning, Paul. So we know that Paul is the author of this letter, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus. So that's the recipient, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And then the salutation is grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after the opening is the body or the content of the letter, what he wants to say. And then he goes on to close the letter in the end. Okay. So before we dive in completely in this, uh, let's bow down our heads and close our eyes to commit this time unto the Lord. Amen. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this uh, wonderful moment and opportunity. And once again, we remind ourselves we have come not to a program, not to a like a show or a TV program or whatever. This is a Sunday service. This is a worship service. And Lord, we come to you. You are who we come to. And today, Lord God, we just really want to commit our hearts, our minds, 
our attention fully unto what you want to open up to us and reveal to us this morning. And so, Lord God, we ask that you will anoint our ears, that you will fill us once again, and that you will continue to grow our understanding of who you are and of your perfect will. We commit this time to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This church is a church who encourages uh, daily Bible reading. I say that again. This church is a church who encourages daily Bible reading. Why? Because we know that the Word of God is the bread of life. Uh, if you're eating only once a week, can you imagine yourself eating only once a week? <laughs> oh no. Last na na. <laughs> you know, sp your spiritual being also hungers and thirsts. And it needs to be fed. And it needs to be strengthened as well. Your spiritual nourishment comes from the Word of God, from the presence of the Lord, from your prayer time, from your worship. Uh, put in your comments if you can hear me in uh, those of you who are at home. Uh, say with me together, my spirituality is my responsibility. Come on, say it together. My spirituality is my responsibility. Your, just like your physical body, your physical health is your responsibility. It's your body. You have to eat healthy. You have to exercise. Yeah, that's your response. That's not the responsibility of your husband. That's not the responsibility of your wife, you children. That's not the responsibility of your parents. Although they cook healthy food and you know they prepare everything for you, you have to put the food in your mouth. <laughs> you have to be the one moving your body and exercising it. Your physical health is your own responsibility. Your mental health is your own responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the people around you. Whatever you expose yourself, TV, TV programs, Netflix movies or shows and YouTube, whatever it is, whatever you read, whatever it is that enters your mind affects your mental health. And it is your responsibility. Yeah? And it's equally true with your spiritual health. Your spiritual health, the church is here. Your DG leaders are there. Your mentors, your pastor is here to support you, encourage you, build you up, teach you, cook spiritual food for you, and present it to you on a Sunday like this or in a Bible study. But your daily feeding is your responsibility. Amen? If you only encounter if 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 you if you're if, if the time that you connect with Jesus is only on Sundays that's I'm sorry to say it's not enough. It's you will only experience Jesus on Sunday if you only connect with Jesus on Sunday. Did, are you following me? Now if you give me someone who empowers me, strengthens me, refreshes me, encourages me, fills me with joy, hope, peace, love and, uh, you know, uh, if, if you give me someone who is everything that I ever need, then I won't settle for just once a week. I will bring that someone with me every day. Are you, are you getting the point? Amen? Yeah? So, again, can you shout out, my spirituality is my responsibility. Amen? And as we grow individually, as we grow individually as uh, in our relationship with the Lord, it doesn't just benefit you. It 
benefits the people around you. Yeah? Amen. So, let's go. For this one, this is part one of Ephesians, and then next week will be part two of Ephesians. So, uh, if you are going to look at the whole book of the whole letter of Ephesians, it's clearly divided into two parts. Chapters 1 to 3 is kind of a doctrinal section wherein Paul uh, explains post-resurrection what the power of Jesus and the resurrection has availed for us. And basically, uh, he, he, shows he, he shows here, as I will show you later on, uh, who we are in Christ. When we uh, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, what is the spiritual blessings? What are the spiritual blessings that has been released for you and for me to receive and to walk to, right? So this is uh, the doctrinal part of you know, uh, what, what Paul is trying to say. And now, uh, the benefits that Paul is saying here, the spiritual blessings that Paul is saying here in chapters 4 to 6, which we will be talking about next week, will be more about the practical application. Since we have this, since we are this, since we have been given this, then how should it look like in our practical day-to-day lives and as a church? Because the book of Ephesians is also a wonderful book that talks about the unity of the church. It talks about that if we have received all these spiritual blessings from the Lord, then it should manifest into the way we live and we relate with our fellow brethren. The book of Ephesians is all about unity and unity under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you can remember last week, our preaching on Jesus, our King of Kings, we were saying that if Jesus is your King, right? If Jesus is your King, it, it should manifest in the way that we live. It should manifest in the way that we live. Now, uh, the letters, as I may say, uh, basically teaches us what this kingdom culture looks like. Everyone say kingdom culture. Our king uh, has, you know, has a character. God has a character. God has attributes. He is kind. He is gentle. He is humble. He, he is wise, you know, things like that. And as we follow our king, his character becomes us as well. The, 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 the character of God transmits towards us. We become kind, we become gentle, all these things. In the letters, not just of Paul, the kingdom culture is being taught to us and how we are supposed to live different from how the rest of the world lives outside of Christ. Because during this time in the first century, the Christians are a peculiar people. When you say peculiar people, they look weird. They are different. They are different. When other people, because of the stratified social classes that they had during that time, you no know, wealthy people does not mingle or socialize with poor people. You know, the stratification. If you're a slave, you cannot eat at the table of the master. But when you are a Christian, when the Christians gather together, you know, there is no more slaves, nor free, no women, no, no male, nor female, no, no Gentile, nor Jew. There is no discrimination whatsoever. And that, to the rest of the world that are watching, is weird. It's different. It's a different kind of culture. And culture also presents a different kind of language. They speak differently. 
they speak differently. I was sharing last night uh, birthday ni uh, happy birthday shout out to my friend Daniel. You're awesome. <laughs> That's Michelle's son. <laughs> uh, last night I was there and I was just sharing with the guests. Um, you know what? That in this coronavirus pandemic that we find ourselves in, you know, people will. Uh, it will come out of your lips what is inside of your hearts and what's inside of your mind, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, correct? So in your workplace, for example, if people are filled with anxiety, with fear, with worry, with negativity, with all these dark scenarios and everyone is just panicking, it will come out of their lips. You as a Christian who is supposed to be filled with faith, that should come out of your lips as well. You should be able to speak differently. And when you speak out of the people who are speaking not a similar language as you speak, that's the time that you become a light to that dark place. Because everyone is scared. But you can be the one who can speak hope. You can speak courage. You can speak faith, you can speak life into that environment. Not in, just in your workplace, in your household, in your homes, right? Because what's the use of faith if we're not gonna declare it? Amen? Alright, we're not even there yet, but <laughs> just wanna <laughs> let's read Ephesians chapter 1. And in your Bibles, this is what I want you to do. Encircle or highlight every phrase you see that says in Christ or in Him. Alright? So let's begin from verse 3. It says here, spiritual blessings in Christ. Blessed be the God. Now remember, this is a letter, okay? Being read to the public. It says, Paul says to the Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, first one, in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us, second one, in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Third one, in Him we have redemption. Encircle that, in Him. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan of the fullness of time. To unite all things, now I want you to underline this, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. All of the letter of Ephesians is anchored on this one thought. The purpose of God is to unite all things in Jesus, in Him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Why is that the case? Because, because of sin, you know, there is a separation that has happened, right? And through the crucifixion of Jesus, reconciliation has been made possible. So that was the purpose of God, to unite 
all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, let's continue in verse 11. It says there, again, underline that, in Him, we have obtained an inheritance. Kapag ikaw, when you heard the news that your second, third, or whatever relative or uncle who doesn't have any children, you're the closest relative, died and has left a million dollars for you, how would you react? <laughs> or not just 10, 10 million dollars, huh? doesn't have any family or the closest relative. And it said, okay, because you're the closest relative, you'll receive 10 million dollars. How will you react? How will you react? Come on. <laughs> Maging honest kayo. <laughs> you, now look at this. I guess we don't understand the riches of God when He says that in Him we have obtained an inheritance. God who owns everything, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And God as your heavenly Father says, you have an inheritance because you're my son and you're my daughter. Now, I don't know with you, but that makes me really excited. <laughs> I guess. So, sabi dyan, we having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. And then verse 13, another, in Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believe in Him, we're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Now, that word or phrase, in Christ or in Him, is always being repeated, not just in Ephesians, but in all of the letters, especially of Paul, 75 times. This has been repeated, in Christ, in Him, in Christ, in Him. Now, let's dissect a little bit what this one means. In verses 3 to verse 13, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in Him there. And what is the promise of God and who you are when you are in Christ? The first one is in verse 3. It says there that you are blessed in Christ. Everyone say blessed. Now this blessing that He is pertaining to once again are spiritual Blessings. There are many spiritual blessings that God has opened up and given you when Jesus Christ died and rose again. And when you accepted this gift of salvation, there are spiritual blessings that are being made available for you. The problem with us is that we are short-sighted and that we only look at the earthly blessings, the material ones. We equate being blessed to what we have in our pockets, what we have in our house, or what we have in our garage. But that's not the fullness of God's blessing. God's spiritual blessings transcends them all. Now, uh, if you will read Ephesians this, this week, uh, you will unpack that in some of the chapters that Paul is talking about. But again, this is in a past tense uh, past tense. It's past tense. You're blessed. You have already been blessed. Now, we, most of the time, we don't experience the power of these blessings because we don't tap into it 
because we are ignorant of it. We are ignorant of it. it we've never really uh, exposed ourselves enough to the Word of God that gives us the keys to unlock those spiritual blessings that God has promised us. Now, you are blessed. Even if your bank account <laughs> is already depleting, even if you lose your job, you're still blessed. You're still blessed. If you don't understand and if you're not convinced that you are blessed, now you will be, uh, you will be what do you call this? Uh, prone. You will be prone to all sorts of what, depression and loneliness and you know, uh, insecurity and all that. But when you understand that whatever happens, you are blessed. When you understand that whatever happens, you are blessed. And that will never change. Then you will remain grateful. Amen? Can you say to the person next to you, I am blessed. I am blessed. The next one, it says there that you are chosen. You are chosen. God has chosen us in Christ. But that because of Christ, we have been chosen. You are chosen. Chosen for what? That you might be able to live a holy and blameless life and therefore reflect the glory of God on earth. You are chosen. But Jesus says to his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. One peculiar thing or different thing about Jesus during the time that he was walking on earth was that uh, other teachers or other rabbis, they choose their students. Ah, the, the students choose them. If the students are, you know, they're famous, they're very good in uh, public speaking, and the students are impressed with them, and the parents of the students are impressed with them, then they enroll or they basically give their children to be taught by those teachers. The students choose the teacher. But Jesus, on the other hand, is different. He was the one who has chosen his disciples. And we will hear that and we will see that in the gospel stories, right? That's why Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. My friend, you are chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen. <laughs> and if that is not privilege enough to be chosen by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for His noble and mighty works on earth, then I don't know what is. That should overwhelm us and that should give us chills in our body and basically, you know. Number three is this, that you are adopted in Christ. You are adopted in Christ. That is in verse uh, verse 5. He predestined us and in love, He has adopted us unto Himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Adoption. Adoption. Once we were not children of God, but now you are a child of God. Some of us does not have a revelation of that truth yet. You know you are a Christian, but you're not yet fully convinced how much God loves you because you are His son. Some of you needs to get that revelation that you are a son and a daughter of this King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Otherwise, you will just have a religion. Otherwise, you'll just have a religion. Your children, when they, in your house, right, they don't really have to ask for your permission if they need to get food in the fridge. They just go and get food in the fridge because 
they know that this is my father's, this is my mother's, no? And obviously, you're, you're, you as a mom or a dad bought those things for them to enjoy. Is that correct? Your heavenly father has availed so much for us to enjoy. And he wants us to enjoy it. But if you don't understand that you are a child of God, you will just be staying in your room, not touching anything that God actually provides. God gives you freedom to enjoy life. God gives you freedom to enjoy life. He's not trying to pull you in or cage you into some sort of Christian life full of uh, restrictions. No, Christian life is full of freedom. It's full of freedom. Amen? Amen. All right. The fourth one is that in Christ, you are redeemed. You are redeemed. It says there, right? In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. To be redeemed means to be paid for. There is a price that is required for you to be redeemed because someone owns you. You belong to someone, but then God has to take you back. He has paid for your freedom, for my freedom, for your salvation, for your forgiveness, for my forgiveness and salvation through His blood. That in Christ, we are redeemed. Now, another one. In Christ, I'm trying to tell you who you are because we don't really know who we are. Right? In Christ, we are this. You are blessed. If you are a Christian, my friend, if you have given your life to the Lord, you are blessed. Nothing can ever change that. No coronavirus can take that away. You are blessed. You are chosen. You are adopted. You are redeemed. The next one, you are heirs. Heirs. You have an inheritance. Tagapagmana ka. Tagapagmana ka. Ang ama mo ba sa langit ay mayaman? Is your father in heaven rich? Is he rich? He owns everything. A thousand cattle in the hills he owns. You know, the Bible says, your father in heaven owns everything. And you are called heirs. You will inherit this and so much more. I'd like to tell you, my friend, if you're looking at, you know, just the temporary situations that we are facing right now, again, if you're short-sighted and you don't see beyond the present reality, then you will be caving in into all this darkness in your mind. But if you see beyond what's in front of you and see with spiritual eyes, you will know how rich you are. And the last one is that in Christ you are sealed. That is in verse 13. In Christ you are sealed. Sealed with the promise. Sealed with what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your mark. God sees you. And if you truly and genuinely Receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And when God looks unto you, He sees that mark in you. It says there, it is the guarantee of our inheritance. Until we acquire the possessions of it, right? So look at this. You don't, you, we, for us to be able to understand, uh, just first illustration is this. I have a bottle of water. Water. It says in the Bible, right, if you can remember that passage, and I've done this before as well, I think, uh, whoever, if, if ever, whoever is in Christ 
He is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, right? Whoever is in Christ, he, he enters into that process of transformation. Now, this can be, this would represent, the water would represent God. Now, this is a poor illustration, but bear with me. The water would represent God, right? A lot of people would say, oh yes, I believe in God. Oh yes, I believe in Jesus. Oh yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for the penalties of my sin. Oh yes, Jesus. Yes, and I, I, you know, I respect Jesus. I, 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 you know, I honor Jesus. But God does not want you to be outside of Jesus just believing cognitively of who Jesus is. Because if this is you, If this is you and this is God, no matter what kind of study or belief or attendance in religious activities you do, the water will not affect you. You have to surrender your life. You have to give up the king of your heart and make Jesus your king. Baptizo, it says baptizo. Yeah, we, we get water baptized, correct? Baptizo means to be immersed. You have to be immersed in the Lord for Him to be able to work in your life that you may become a new creation. That you might become a new person. That transformation might take place. If you are in Christ, Christ will affect you. It will affect you. It's impossible not to change. It's impossible not to change if you are in Christ. I love my coffee with creamer. I love my coffee with creamer <laughs> um, uh, or milk. Yeah? And everywhere I go, you know, if I, take my if I take my coffee with me, I take the creamer as well because they're already mixed. They're already mixed. I cannot separate the coffee and the creamer anymore. Our lives are supposed to be mixed with the life of Christ. And there should come a point wherein it's inseparable. It's, it, it cannot be separated anymore. If you are in Christ, then you have, you, inevitably, you will be affected by Christ. There is no way you can't be impacted by Him. With the richness of grace and power and love and wisdom that He has, when you're found in Him. Another illustration is this. Props today. <laughs> All right, so okay. In the Bible, we see, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, right? Oh, hold on. Let this let this be you. This is you. Okay. Oh, watch this. I'm gonna draw you. This is you. Okay, I'm gonna. That's you, <laughs> masterpiece. All right? <laughs> All right, that's you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that, 3, 16, that, do you know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Right? God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you. This is the Holy Spirit. Sorry, Holy Spirit, this is poor, but this will do the illustration. All right, so this is the, this is the Holy Spirit, Yeah? This is you. This is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is in you. Right? The Holy Spirit is in you. But also the Bible says in Ephesians 
two chap uh, verse six and many 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 parts and what we are talking about right now that you are in Christ. You are in Christ. So this is Christ. You are in Christ, correct? But also Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says that you have died. Your old self died. And your life now is hidden with Christ in God, the Father. Your life is hidden now with Christ in God. But I think me, who is hidden in God, in Christ, and filled with the Holy Spirit inside there, that's pretty secure. Now, I'd like to talk about, you know, think about anything and everything that the devil tries to throw at you. Before he can get to you, he has to get to the Father first, which he is pretty much matchless. And before he can get to you because you are in Christ, he has to get through the Son first, which we know he's already defeated the enemy on the cross when he resurrected from the grave. This is secure. You're quite secure. And you don't understand how much secure you are. Yes, coronavirus is around, and we can say, oh, we are in this pandemic. We are in this crisis. No, 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 no. You are not in this crisis. You are in Christ. The language that we profess and confess should be the language of what the Bible tells us we are. You know, when a child is afraid of lightning, he runs to the father and hides himself under his arms. That should be our attitude as well unto the Lord because he is our heavenly father. And whenever we are afraid, we can run and hide in the shadow of his wings. We can run and hide in the shadow of his wings. Amen? Following me? All right, we're going to close this and land it down. <laughs> Pretty much chapter 2, if you're going to read it this week, it contrasts what it's being said in chapter 1. In chapter 1, it describes who you are and what you have become when you are in Christ. Now, again, I would like to emphasize that all these blessings, all this security, all these promises are given to the ones who are in Christ. Just like this illustration. You can believe in God all you want, but if you will not give your life in to God, it, this is not, not going to happen. 
You can just be outside of God. And that's what chapter 2 is all about. It tells us what we are when we were outside of God. In verse 1, it says that we were dead. We were dead in trespasses when we were outside of God. At number 2, it says we were separated. Separated from Christ and alienated. Having no hope without God. Outside of God, we have no hope. Outside of God. But it says there further on in verse 13 in chapter 2, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace. 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 Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. My friends, you are, if you are in Christ, you are, in verse 19, it says there, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens of this kingdom. Alongside with the saints and members of the household of God. You know what? If you are in Christ, do you know that the Bible calls you a saint? I'm sinner. Right. Yes, you are a sinner. But a saint is not. We have elevated that word. And it's rightfully so. But a saint actually just means holy, made, set apart for the Lord. God has chosen you, correct? To be in Him. And because God has chosen you to be in Him, for His use, for His purpose, you belong to Christ. And because Christ is holy, the one who owns you is holy, your Father is holy, you as an adopted son becomes holy. Your holiness does not come from your good works. Your holiness does not come from your performance. It comes from the fact that you have been adopted. Your last name now is holy. <laughs> Jericho, holy. <laughs> Nino, holy. <laughs> now, but we don't, we don't kind of play around with that word. We respect that word. But that's the reality of it. You are a saint because you're chosen and God wants you near. Amen? So you, each one of you, each one of us, in verse 22 of chapter 2, it says that in Him, underline that word, chapter 2, verse 22, in Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Each one of you, saints, each one of you, chosen people, adopted children of God, are being built together and we are that house of God. We are the dwelling place of the Lord. Amen? And this is wonderful because, you know, I don't know with you, I, I live in a house, rented house right now, our pastoral house, and I take care of that house because I live there. I am the one responsible in taking care of my house, cleaning it, maintaining it, beautifying it. Now, if we are God's house, if we are God's dwelling place, guess who takes care of His house? Guess who maintains it? Guess who beautifies it? Him, because He's the one living there. 
Amen? Isn't this wonderful? It takes the pressure off your shoulder, hey. Because it's God who will do it for you. You just have to find yourself in Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. The Lord is good. Amen. Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Father. Come on. If you are at home joining us online, would you stand up to your feet as well? We will worship the Lord in His sanctuary. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks, Lord. We give you worship. We honor you, Lord. Come on. Begin to open your lips and declare His praises. Oh, the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. If you long for His presence to dwell, then begin to lift up your praises unto Him because He dwells in your praise, in your praises. Hallelujah. Oh, we are found in you, Lord. We are found in you. Come on, sing your song of praise. Oh, glorify Jesus. Praise. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, glory, glory. Oh, we honor you, Lord. We are found Thank you for joining us in today's episode and we hope that we will have you again in the next one. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance, His smile over you and give you peace. Shalom. God bless you.